Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are now listening to Believe in the ACC with my husband, Mr. Talking Noise, Lloyd Spence, and our brother, Heisman Trophy and Florida State legend, Charlie Ward. And now, Lloyd and Charlie. Go get them, fellas. For me, the best part of the day is being able to see the smile that I know is going to be on my co-host's face, Mr. Charlie Ward, now that his Seminoles have got, not only just did they win, but I believe they may have found their quarterback. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I told, I was uh, I was speaking to someone today, I forgot who it was, but I told them, there is nothing that's going to steal my joy. Because, <laughs> you know, everybody's talking about, well, who they played and how they looked, you know, early on and all that. I'm like, well, it would have been really, really bad if we'd have lost. But right. since we were able to, you know, as I've said before, we're, we're still trying to find our way through. And, you know, we started with uh, Tate, um, the freshman, true freshman at quarterback. And uh, I, I before I even got to the game, they had already scored. And then I found out later it was a pick six. Um, and so I was like, well, you know, we, we start off in the hole. You know, we were down 14-0 early, and then it was 21-7 at one time, and and then it inserted our um, our savior for the day. And hopefully, you know, he'll be able to uh, help, you know, continue to play that way. And as soon as he came into the game and he started making plays with his legs and his arm, you know, it was, uh, it was just a good sight to see because I've always thought, that he was the guy uh, mm-hmm. just with all the troubles uh, from a uh, offensive line standpoint. Uh, and I would say troubles, they, they're, they're working their way through, you know, just being young and also having injuries and different combinations and the whole nine. But when you have that, you need a guy that can make things happen with his legs. And he really surprised me uh, with, the way he was, how accurate he was, because yeah. we just hadn't seen that. Yeah. We always use him as a runner uh, whenever he came into the games, you know, up until even last week, you know, they used him in that that way. Not, I mean, not last game, but the week before. Right, right. Miami. And so we never saw him actually <laughs> throw a deep pass, throw any kind of pass, but um, – I I was surprised the way he, how accurate he was more so yeah. than anything else. Well, you are listening to the Believe in the ACC podcast. I am Lloyd Spence. That voice you heard was the Heisman Trophy legend, Florida State legend, Charlie Ward. And uh, by the way, we are sponsored by betonline.ag. And the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game. Some of you anyway. But you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. Uh, we uh, we frequent the site all the time. Is watch the spreads and see what's going on. It has everything: the game spreads, the totals, the team, the player and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there's always 
the online casino. If you can't get to Vegas, just go to betonline.ag. It's never closing. So head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Charlie, I was so happy for you guys, man, but I was so worried at first. I was so worried at first. But I'm going to ask you this question as we go through these stats uh, with with, uh, Jordan Travis, man, who, who, again, showed showed to be – the, the guy that we hoped he would be. Like you've been And you've been telling me all season long, this guy is the real deal. I think he's the real deal. I think he's the real deal. Well, listen, he came in and played like the real deal. And and don't and the stats are a little deceiving because he was only 13 for 18, 215 yards. But he changed the entire culture of the team. And here's the most important part I thought. I thought he stabilized that offense in every aspect. Uh, he's a run threat. He's a run threat. He had a rushing touchdown. But he stabilized that offense and gave them the confidence they needed to finish that game. Man, five straight drives with uh, five straight scoring drives. That's what Florida State was missing. Then now you see that defense come out and come alive, and they played with confidence. They played like, okay, they're going to take care of their end. We can now take care of ours impressive start by the young player. Well, you know, I've always said, and I've said it before, that a quarterback can inspire an entire team. Yeah. uh, If they feel like they have a guy that gives them a chance each and every game, regardless of who they're playing, um, it just inspires the whole team. I mean, we look at Miami, uh, they're they're similar. Yeah. Um, You know, you look at Clemson. uh, They know that if they give the ball back to – their quarterbacks or their offense, they're going to be able to be productive, you know, on most of their drives. Yeah. So that inspires just an entire team just to give them opportunity to be able to score. And if the defense scores, you know, that's like icing on the cake. Uh, but, you know, I was, I was just excited to see and happy for uh, just the guys, you know, Coach Norville, of course, and the coaches, they've been putting a lot of time and energy into to that day. You know, just yeah. seeing the day where they can win a game, which they thought they would do before now. But um, it's just, you know, it was just inspiring um, for him to come in and play that way. Um, then the defense, of course, it was like 21-7, as I mentioned, like in the first uh, half. And we ended the quarter. I mean, at halftime was 21-14. And I knew that we had the ball coming out. And, you know, once we got to a point where – we were playing tempo. Uh, we were getting first downs. Um, Jordan was making the right reads um, and throws. Um, it was just a matter of time before, you know, they continue to, you know, the snowball effect, you know, where they were going to put points on the board. And so, you know, it was just I'm just happy for the guys because, you know, they put in a lot of time and yeah. they hadn't gotten the results that they wanted. And people, you know, kept dousing them, throwing fire on them and, you know, and, and all the different things. Uh, I mean, gasoline, you know, just kept piling on. And even in the beginning of the game, you know, it wasn't looking good with Tate in there. And, you know, I, I asked this question, did the offensive line change? No, same offensive line. 
<laughs> same offensive line, same running back, same everything other than the quarterback. So you got to give Jordan Travis the credit that he deserves. I Listen, and, and shout out to all the noisemakers and people listening from different groups that we're tied to. Uh, we see you out there. We appreciate you. Uh, Lyle Gross, <laughs> Lyle Gross said, man, no, they might beat them by 40. They might. I don't believe that because I'm going to tell you something. Wins like this, where you dominate a team the way that you're supposed to, the way that they dominated them in the second half, those are the kind of galvanizing wins that change an entire season. And let me say this as well. And I know our predictions will come on Wednesday. But Notre Dame does not have any better athletes than the athletes that are on Florida State's team. So those of you who are already predicting Florida State's death, I would be cautious if I were you because they found their quarterback. Jordan Travis may have just saved their entire season. Uh, it was a possibility, but like I said, you know, the one thing that he does do is he gives them hope and a chance to compete at any level. Yeah. Like, it's no different than any other quarterback. He still has, you know, he will have to come out this week and prove to the naysayers uh, that he is legit. Yeah. And not so much of putting up, you know, big numbers, but just playing an effective game. Yeah, uh, you know, trying to limit el eliminate the turnovers because on the road you can't have turnovers. Um, you know, taking care of the football, uh, making first downs, um, and then of course defensively we got to you know continue to improve in that area as well, which I think we did in the second half. Uh, we had some miscues and and on the back end. Yeah, but I'm you know Notre Dame's been off, um, and of course you know they're going to come ready to play, uh, and I'm just still not 100% sold on Ian Book in the passing game. Right. Now, running, he can run and do those types of things, but from a passing game standpoint, he just hadn't shown that he can, you know, take it upon himself and make that happen. Um, but they do run the football really, really well. But I tell you what, if you're a Florida State fan today, you feel a whole heck of a lot better today than you did this time last week. So I, I, I would I would think uh, this – I don't think this game – and, we, again, we'll give our predictions on Wednesday and slash Thursday because the podcast will drop on Thursday on Spotify and wherever you hear uh, podcasts. But I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see where this goes. Okay. Charlie, we got to talk about the upset of the weekend. And 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 we both got this one wrong. There we go. I and and listen, and I I don't think we were the only ones cuz I don't know if anybody saw this coming. And and and, and to our, to our credit, we did say that Pitt's offense has not really proven that it's the greatest offense. And but but man, it, NC State Rose to the occasion, and an incredible win uh, by NC State this weekend. Kenny Pickett had a career passing day, 411 yards and a touchdown. Um, but, man, the thing that was really interesting about that um, um, with, with um, Pitt, they, they couldn't score. They kept getting into the, to the red zone, and they couldn't convert. And, and man, that comes back to haunt you if you keep making, if you keep getting, let me tell you something, uh, Charlie, I'm a Giants fan. 
I can tell you firsthand. If you can't score a touchdown in the red zone, you're not going to win games. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. And so while Kenny put up ridiculous numbers yesterday, his best game of his career, you got to score in the red zone. You got to score in the red zone. Yes, I've definitely been on that end before uh, where we've gotten, you know, moved the football all the way, all up and down the field, but we couldn't put the ball in the end zone. And yeah. we kicking field goals and we end up losing, you know, losing the game. Uh, but, you know, it's important once you get in the red zone. That's why, you know, one of the goals of our, of our offense is, you know, once you get in the red zone, it's like red zone efficiency. And that's like something you chart, you know, you, you have percentages of what you want to accomplish when once you get there. And the teams that get in the red zone and they score at least 70% of the time, I mean, that's a good chunk of I – mean, you're going to win most of those games. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, if you're getting in the red zone, you're scoring seven percent of the time, and so Pitt, you know, like we said, offensively they were we didn't know, you know, against a, a sound team, and, and then again, this could be week to week where you see one team one week they look like world beaters, or, or you know, they're kind of or down in their dumps or whatever for yeah, one, yeah. one week, and then the next week they show up. Uh, but the key here is, I think, uh, the kid Leary, the, the quarterback. Kevin Leary showed up, man. Yeah. Showed up big time. And so I think four touchdowns, yeah. That was a big key for, for North Carolina State. Yeah. Uh, um, because uh, here, here we go again. As a quarterback goes and plays well, makes good decisions, life is, is good. Will the real NC State please stand up? Because I'm, I'm telling you, I listen, they played in that second half. It, it, it was like the, a tale of two teams. It was like, what happened? That, man, that must have been the greatest halftime speech of all time. Because they came out and they played They played inspired football right down to the end. And those, that last two drives, man. Uh, and, I, and now I'll say this. I did think Pickett had put the nail in the coffin. Uh, and that go-ahead drive with about a minute 44 left. I thought, okay, Pitt figured it out, and, and it's over. But, man, Leary drove right down the field, got him in position, and in that final few seconds, Thayer Thomas got, got – that, that fourth and nine was the key, though. That fourth and nine that Thayer Thomas getting that, uh, getting that uh, right before the final touchdown, that was the key. That was the key to that final drive. But man, shout out to NC State. I I didn't see that one coming. I did not see that one coming. I don't think we I don't think no one really did, especially after what they did, uh the way they played against uh Virginia Tech the week before. Oh man, yeah. We, when they were, you know, down. Yeah. So really no one expected uh them to go in and play uh that way. But it is crazy 2020. Uh anything can happen. Uh, and we're seeing, you know, not say so much inconsistent play, but just, you know, the ups and downs of the teams uh, from weeks – well, some teams, I should say, from weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you take – I know this is an ACC show, but you take Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah. They go from beating LSU like a drum to, you know, barely can score points against, uh, you know, um, Arkansas. Arkansas, right. So – 
it's just one of those years, and I'm sure once you know the other conferences start playing, you're going to see some of the ebbs and flows of the different yeah. teams, just the rhythm not there. And so, but I just hope that uh, we can continue to get some of these big time games like the Miami game and Clemson game coming up that we can get competitive football. Competitive football, yeah, yeah. Against some of the, you know, some of the top tier teams get, being competitive. Well, speaking of that, to me, the strangest game from the weekend, North Carolina and Boston College. Now, now I'll admit to you, I watched this game completely from start to finish. And I'm sitting there watching it going, what am I watching? Like, what is this? Like, this is – I know North Carolina hasn't been playing. Okay, I get it. But, man – they didn't look good. I'm sorry, but they, to me, they did not look like a team that is about to compete for an ACC title. And for the first time, like, it, and I was surprised at the jump from the last time they played to this time. Sam Howell, he was just okay. He wasn't, he wasn't great in anything. Like, there was not one thing that I say he did. I mean, and his numbers reflect that. 14 of 26, 225 yards, two touchdowns. It, he didn't look dominant in any way. It just, they looked out of rhythm. They just, I don't know, man. It was a, that was a weird game to me. Well, um, I agree. They almost lost that game, too. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I agree. You know, just from an offensive standpoint, they look, I mean, they look like they're struggling. Um, Sam Howell, of course, he had a great freshman year, true freshman year. And yeah. this year he's, you know, it's hard to say he's struggling because, you know, he's he's put he's had some good numbers, but he just doesn't look comfortable. No. Um, you know, like he won't know he's holding the ball. Uh, you know, a lot of the time I see him, he's kind of holding the ball. Um, and, you know, he's he's getting the ball stripped. Yeah. Uh, you know, just, just not what you would expect to be from a – contender um, that we're talking about in the ACC. But then again, they were all for like two, like two months. And I don't know how we expect, like it, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we expect teams to come out and just, you know, be like, whoo, it's going to be magic. Like we've been playing, you know, a whole yeah. time. Yeah. And so I just think it's important that um, we kind of give them some time. Hopefully not until, you know, Florida State game, which is in a couple of weeks. But uh, I think the more they play, the probably the better, you know, they'll content, they'll, they'll be. Well, they, they, they absolutely lost some rhythm uh, from, from the time off. It was very clear because things were not on both sides of the ball. Things just were – they just didn't have a rhythm and a click to it. It was just like, hey, hey, okay, what are you doing? Like the drives were just – disjointed it they just didn't feel like they were moving in a rhythm and then listen thank god for um trey morrison at the end of the game because that game i thought for sure that game was going to overtime phil uh yurkovich had marched them down the field got that pass to cj lewis i thought for sure i said okay well we're going to overtime but trey morrison thought otherwise got that interception ran it back for two points and what was supposed to be a 24 24 tie Ended up being a 26 to 22 loss for the for Boston College, but 
I think North Carolina is is one of those teams that's got some things that they got to go figure out going uh, going back. Uh, shout out to Carol Palales, I think is her name. Uh, she said, "Let us, let us." I guess she means Florida State <laughs> beat Notre Dame for a shocker to the 2020 collegiate football season, as well as having one great victory to brighten the overall spirits of the team. And lastly, showing love and support we all have for Bobby Bowden by beating a top-rated team. Yes, I agree with Charlie. Anything. Can happen in 2020. Uh, listen, 2020 has proven that already. <laughs> Anything can definitely happen. That is true. And so um, there's a lot of things, you know, still with, these, with the test. Sometimes, you know, you don't know <laughs> who's going to show up. You don't, man. I'm sending a message to George Travis. I'm like, hey, man, you need to stay at home. Don't invite anybody to your house. Nobody, no visitors. Yes, <laughs> go to go to practice. We can't have you in our in protocol quarantine. Jordan Travis needs to be in bubble rules going forward <laughs> for the rest of the season. Um, because he can't. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Speaking of speaking of, you just don't know what's gonna happen or what team is gonna show up all season long. We've been watching the Duke Blue Devils <laughs> not show up in the fourth quarter. Finally, they show up in the fourth quarter, and they still came up short. I feel so bad for that team, man. They just can't put a full game together. Well, um, I guess it's not hard to say, but I guess when you're struggling and you're trying to win a game, uh, these types of things happen. I mean, like I said, uh, we've been there with Florida State. I know I've been there personally as a coach, um, and even as a player. Uh, when you're struggling to try to win a game, you will find ways to lose um, because you may play one good quarter. Great point. Play two good quarters, and then, you know, you can have a collapse. And then the next game, you may put three good quarters together. Then you may have one collapse. And, you know, and so it's just when you're trying to find a win, it's very hard. People are like, well, listen, I mean, uh, you know, say the, the teams like Clemson or yeah. Alabama, you know, the teams that are top tier teams, their expectation is to win each and every week. And that's the way they go in, the mentality, they play that way. Uh, but that's the same way we're losing. Yeah, you go in with the mentality that you're going to win. You don't expect to lose, uh, but when you've lost for so long, at some point in time, it's like, man, here we go again. When a yeah. bad happens, um, and so I think that's just something innate um, that you have to just continue to work through. And when you're watching film, you have to watch film to find the negatives, the positives, and negatives. Yeah. And see how you can improve that area so that you can continue to develop. And also, you know, how can we improve our, our positives, the things that we did well? Well, I'll say this, Charlie. I'm starting to – I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I'm starting to feel bad for the Duke Blue Devils because <laughs> you the defense couldn't have done more than what they did from a passing game perspective. They held Braxton Burmeister to a 9 for 25 day, only 163 yards, and they even got an interception. Now, the problem is 
They couldn't do anything with Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert had an amazing day, 208 yards rushing and two touchdowns. So it, it's like they, they take a step forward, they take a step back in something. And and, and you're right. They got to try to find the, the positive out, out of some of those negatives and then figure out how to turn this thing around. But, man, with Virginia Tech not having all of their players, Virginia Tech being able to hold down Burmeister, I mean, this one was gift wrap for Duke. And they made a little charge in the second half uh, to try to get back in. In fact, I think they outscored uh, Virginia Tech in that second half. Uh, 17, I think the 14 is what it was. But they just they just couldn't make up that difference, man. But See, that, that, that is, that's what I'm talking about. That's a yeah. win. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. though you lost the game, that is something that you can contend to you know, preach to your team that, you know, if we continue to put these type of quarters together, then we can, you know, get over a hump. And so those are the type of things I know. (laughs) Trust me, uh, my football coaching career, I lived off of those, uh, those type of uh, motivational speeches on how we can, how we can win a half or how we can win a quarter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were having a tough time winning a game, but, you know, at least let's come out and compete um, and give ourselves a chance to feel good about ourselves moving forward and, and giving us a chance, you know, as uh, the next game come around. But I lived off those speeches. Let me, let me reverse it a little bit and go over to the Virginia Tech side. Um, Virginia Tech now 2-0. and and I, I'm not sure when they're going to get all of their people back. But, but man, I, I, I want to say sometimes when you're trying to make a run in a conference like the ACC, surviving a game is also that positive out of a negative because they're dealing with a lot of uh, stuff going on with their team right now. And to still be able to hold off this uh, a Duke team that – well, scrappy. I mean, let's give it face it. This team is scrappy, and and, and they they they. Well, what I will say about them, they did not quit. They have not quit in any game. That's they true. keep fighting in every game. So for them to be able to keep fighting and Virginia Tech to hold them off, you got to give them some credit for that. But uh, man, um, Khalil Herbert just had a day, man. He just that dude woke up that morning and ate the right stuff and just was not going to be denied. Well. I mean, Virginia Tech, that's another, you know, great story. Uh, they're playing, they're down, you know, multiple, a lot of guys and um, coaches and you know, the likes, and they're still getting it done. So, yeah, you know, it's a great opportunity for them to build some depth uh, because when those guys do come back, uh, they'll at least have guys that they feel comfortable with right. uh, competing at a high level. Um, I don't know how they will do against probably better competition. Um, playing shorthanded, uh, but for who they played, they've been able to, you know, overcome the deficit that they've had from a depth standpoint, I'm sure. And, you know, whenever you find something that another team can't stop, <laughs> you keep going to it. Keep going to it, yeah. No, absolutely. You know, I'm still trying to figure out why the quarterback threw 25 passes. Yeah, I don't understand that either. I mean, listen, they clearly had no answer for this kid. He should have had 300 yards. I mean, if he, you know, so, yeah. No, that didn't make any sense either. But, 
Uh, shout out to Virginia Tech for getting a win under very difficult two wins under very very difficult circumstances. So, um, the other two games in ACC pretty predictable. Uh, they they became what we thought they would. Wake Forest dominated Campbell as they should to finally get their first win, and Clemson struggled all for about about five minutes against Virginia, and then proceeded to uh, beat Virginia like a drum, forty-one to twenty-three. So um, no surprises there. Hopefully, and 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 we'll see. This should be the first real test coming up for Clemson this week, uh, uh, playing against Miami. So it'll be interesting to see what they'll be able to do against a very inspired Miami team, who, by the way, had a week off to get ready for this one. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in that game. We'll talk more about that later on in the week. Well, you know what? I was impressed with uh, Clemson and some, you know, they, they did what they need to do. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't – they had some missed opportunities or they showed some weaknesses from a defensive standpoint. Um, and offensively, you expected them to, I guess, roll. Yeah. But I'm digging. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to oh, dig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. find something – and I think, you know, scoring 41 points is is great, um, you know, but you were expecting them to score, like, more points. But Virginia's – like I said, Virginia's a very good football team. Mm. Of course, they're not at Clemson's level. Uh, Brandon Armstrong, I thought, had a okay game. Right. He, he made some, some good throws, made some good plays, uh, but he also made some – you know, had some turnovers that, that, that were costly. In the, in the sense of trying to, uh, you know, score. I know that I think it was Booth who had the one-hand grab for mm-hmm. the interception. Uh, they were in the red zone type area. And, yeah. you know, he was trying to get it to the big big fella Davis. And so I, I thought Virginia did some good things. Um, and it would be interesting. I'm looking, definitely looking forward to the Miami game. Just to oh, see sure. how, how they – you know, will handle D'Eric uh, because one of the things I, I did see a vulnerability in Clemson's defense is uh, their DBs, um, especially the safeties. I know, I think it's Noel Turner. He's solid, uh, but the other guy, I'm still, you know, the jury's still out on him um, as far as because they lost some good good players in the secondary. This past year, and so it'll be interesting to see if they can handle, you know, the passing game of Miami, um, and any other team that has a prolific passing game. But the key is is pass protection. If you can pass protect uh, and, and pick up their blitzes, then you you'll probably have good success. Yeah. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how 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 this game turns out next week. No, I agree. I agree. It's um. I'm, I'm listen. Everybody, I think in the country is going to be watching that one uh, just to see uh, if 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 De'Aaron King is the real thing or not. Uh, this will definitely be his toughest challenge of the year, and uh, and the Miami team as a whole of the year. Uh, but we'll, we'll, but we'll like I said, we'll get into a little bit more of the details of that on uh, Wednesday. But let's do what we always do on Monday after we've had a great ACC weekend. We get into our who game. And so I go to you, Mr. Charlie Ward. 
in your opinion, who shined the brightest? Uh, well, I've been down on them, you know, for the last few weeks. Uh, well, probably the whole season in a sense. But I'm going to go with my man, Jordan Travis. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he led like uh, five or six drives once he uh, took over the reins. Uh, played a, a very good football game. Uh, didn't turn it over, I don't believe. And he just made some good, good, solid decisions. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think he shined the brightest. I know for me, uh, being a Seminole, I was just elated to be able to see him uh, play at a high level. Um, people saying he played against Jacksonville State. Well, you play against who you need to play against. But the key is he made good decisions. Um, he inspired the team uh, to play at a higher level. And that's all, you know, I know as a seminar, that's all I can ask for. Yeah. Uh, just someone to be able to give us, feel like we we have a chance in, in every game. Yeah, and I know I 100 percent agree that Jordan gave them a phenomenal chance. And like I said before, he may have he may be the answer that is that saves the entire season for Florida State. So shout out to Jordan Travis. And by the way, if you got if you want to answer this question in our comments, feel free. Uh, we'd love to hear who you thought shined the the brightest out there. Uh, just put your uh, your your uh, comment or it, put your uh, person in the comments and uh, team or player. And we'll, we'll read that here on the air. I'm going to go with uh, Devin Leary. That was really a shocking win, uh, one that I, I don't think anybody saw coming. And uh, they really handled that pit team and, uh, and, and, and stayed in the fight all the way to the end. So uh, shout out to Devin Leary and NC State for pulling out what, what, what I – you got to call an upset, an absolute upset. So I'm going to give my uh, game ball, if you will. To uh, Devin Leary. All right, Charlie, who surprised you the most? Well, I'm going to go with the guy that you just mentioned, not the guy, but actually his team, which yeah. is Oklahoma State. Um, you know, the way they played against uh, Virginia Tech uh, didn't seem very inspiring, even though I thought he came in at the end of that game or when he came in, he played uh, halfway decent. Uh, yeah. I think he carried over to the pit game. Um, and played a really, really good game. And so I'm – and then their defense played better um, than what we were – what they've shown. They've shown, yeah, yeah. You know, because the first game they played was Wake Forest, and they gave up like 42 points to Wake Forest. And then, you know, they got blown out by Virginia Tech. And then they come into this game. We were expecting pretty much the same type thing, but they showed up. You know, they got stops. And so I, I was just surprised that they were able to go into Pitt and uh, actually win the game because we, we we chose Pitt to win the game. Right, right. So I'm going to go the opposite of you, and the guy you picked for your brightest is going to be my guy who surprised, which is Jordan Travis. Listen, you, you had heard the rumors. You had said, okay, uh, we've seen him run. He's a pretty decent runner, but can he put it all together? Surprising enough, he can. And the way the difference between the way that Florida State team looked before he got in the game and after he got in the game, man, that was really surprising. I it was almost like the season started when he got in the game. And so 
I was impressed by Jordan Travis and what he was able to do in that game. So my surprise is definitely Jordan Travis. So uh, who needs a little work, Charlie? Who needs a little bit of work going forward? Well, I'm, I'm going to go with the uh, UNC offense. Um, I think they need a little work. Um, of course, they've been all for, like I said, two months. And so they probably need a little, little bit more game um, shape. And I think they will. Uh, but Sam Howell has to, to play better. Uh, yeah. If they're going to be able to compete with the top dogs in ACC. Uh, he has to, you know, pick up his game and play a little bit better. Um, I think the run game, they do have a solid run game. I'm actually played against, uh, coached against Michael Carter. Um, and he coached us, you know, then I think he, the other, the other day he had like 175 yards. He had, he had a big, big day or something. Mm. Um, so I would say UNC needs a little work before they start taking on these big, these heavy hitters. I'm going to go a little different route. I'm going to show some some love to these Duke Blue Devils. Um, they, it feels like they're getting close. Like they're, they're getting close. Now, now, you know, one week they stop the run, they can't stop the pass, and next week they can't stop the, they stop the pass, they can't stop the run. I got to believe at some point they're going to run into the right team where they can put it all together and get their first win. So I'm going to say – Maybe they just need a little bit more work on both sides of the ball, and and then they can and they can put it together against that right opponent and get on over the hump. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go show some love to the Duke Blue Devils on that. Who needs a little work? Now, Charlie, who needs a lot of work? Uh, I'm gonna go with the Duke <laughs> watching defense. Okay, okay, okay. The rushing defense. <laughs> yeah, do rushing defense. They need a little work. Uh, when you man, when someone can have two hundred and eight yards rushing, and you can, and, and the quarterback is nine for twenty five. So you gonna you can't tell me that we can't stack the box to be able to stop the run game. Yeah, that's tough. And force the quarterback to make throws. There, you need a lot of work. Yeah, that's hard to argue. That's hard to argue. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna say Pitt. I'm gonna say Pitt because I that's a game they should have won. That is a game I think North Carolina State that Pitt should have won, and to get into the red zone that many times and not walk away with touchdown. Um, you can't trade threes for sevens or threes for sixes. And, 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 and they did that entirely too much. And that's what I believe cost them the game. You, they, they, the offense is driving down the field, but you got to go that last 20 yards. You got to get it in to the end zone. And so if you don't do that, I, I think you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. And, and, and I, Pitt's got to clean this up and do it now if they expect to make a run in the ACC. Uh, the defense, I think, is playing okay. But that offense has got to click. And we've been saying that. We've been saying that the offense for Pitt was a little suspect. Now, they put up numbers. You know, Kenny Pickett did put up some numbers. 
But, man, they got to punch the ball into the end zone. Yeah. You can't be a stat monster. It's got to produce results. I agree. All right. Charlie, we're at that place. Your top five, sir. Who is this week's Charlie Ward top five? Well, of course, Clemson is still on top. Miami is next. Then you have Notre Dame. I'm going Notre Dame. I'm, okay. I'm putting them up there so we can upset them, you know, this, this week. I see what you're doing there. I see what and, you're doing. Uh, <laughs> Virginia Tech, okay. uh, you know, with the, the, the job that they're doing with, you know, <laughs> with backups or guys who normally wouldn't be there or playing right. uh, winning games. And then by default, you know, North Carolina. Okay. Okay. My top five. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna probably go with a similar top five, in, except that uh, Clemson, Miami. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip flop uh, Virginia Tech and Notre Dame only because Virginia Tech has played and Notre Dame has not played. But uh, Pitt kind of blew it for me, so they got to come out, which puts. Um, North Carolina back in at five. And so, uh, yeah, I'll go Clemson, Miami, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, uh, and then North Carolina at that spot. I wanted, I wanted to ask you this before we, we, we got off here. Looking at Clemson and what they've started the season, does that team feel like it's ready for a Miami? Because I'm going to tell you something. There's a – Opening that game, they looked very flat. And I wonder sometimes when you're when you're playing, when you're so good and you're so good at key positions and you think you can turn it on whenever you want to, that sometimes fails you because you can't turn it on whenever you want to. The reality is if you're that good, be that good. You know, uh, and, and it feels like they knew – they could beat Virginia whenever they wanted to. So when it started getting, you know, started out slow, and now the coaches are fussing at them on the sideline, now they said, okay, now let's turn it on. But that ain't always there for you every game. Do you think they are vulnerable going into this game? Without getting into some of the X's and O's, do you think they're vulnerable going into this game? Have they played too many cookie-cutter cookie teams leading up to what I think is going to be an incredibly tough Miami game. Um, I'm not sure if – I mean, you play who's on the schedule. That, that's one. Uh, right. That's a, everyone's playing this type of schedule in a sense. Um, and so um, let's, let's talk about the Lakers. I mean, you know, last hey. night the, the, the Lakers came out flat. Miami played hard, played well, uh, did all the necessary things they need to do. They're, they're pros as well. And they were able to, hang, you know, hang on in a sense uh, and win the win the basketball game. Now, will they win the series? I don't think so because, you know, you know that's four games you got to try to win. Uh, but for the, one, for the one night, they were, you know, on point. Yeah. And so in football – all you need is to be on point and playing well, you know, for one night, putting it all together. And I think, you know, one of the things that um, 
Miami does uh, that will be able to, you know, combat some of the things that Clemson does is they have offensive firepower as well. And so, you know, when it's all said and done, you know, which defense is going to rise to the occasion? I mean, that's essentially what it's going to come down to. Which defense is going to rise to the occasion? I I think it's we're going to test that theory of what I just said a minute ago this week because it's something about being able to – and I I agree with you, you play who's in front of you, and that's all you can do. But it's something – but I would argue – that Miami has kind of pushed themselves earlier in the season, uh, playing the opponents that they have more than maybe Clemson has. And so uh, playing the type of athletes they played against Florida State, playing the type of athletes they played against against Louisville, that that sometimes is, is it takes all of the shock value out of playing another quality opponent and it becomes I'm playing another quality opponent as as opposed to oh my god we're playing Clemson you know what I mean it it it, 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 it especially for the younger guys like okay this is just another great team it's not the greatest team it's just another great team so I'm, I'm curious to see how Clemson responds and I would not be surprised if Clemson gets off to a, 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 a slower start against Miami than they would otherwise. But, again, we'll get into all the prediction stuff a little bit later. But I'm very curious to see if this theory of playing the quote-unquote weaker opponent is really the way to go, especially in this 2020. Because 2020 has been an odd year. And it just – it could be that we may see some strange things this weekend. So I I may have tipped my hat as to what way I'm going – in predictions on Yeah, I hear you. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But shout out to everybody who has watched us here tonight on the, uh, the, the Noisemaker page. And we'll hear, we're here recording for the podcast live uh, every Monday night and every uh, uh, Wednesday morning. So if you want to see us recording the podcast live, you can come and watch us on the Noisemaker page. And then, of course, the podcast will be available Wherever you listen to this podcast, whether that's uh, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, whatever, it'll be available for you uh, 11 a.m. on Tuesday and on Thursday. Charlie, any parting words as we walk out the door? Um, I like and to I'll be walking out with a smile on your face today. <laughs> yes, I will. Uh, but I like for everyone to lift up Coach Bowden. Um, I know he, he he contracted the virus and he's positive, and so. I ain't get a chance to talk with him today. He normally goes to bed a little early, so I'll give him a call tomorrow. But um, I hear he's in good spirits. Uh, someone has talked, former players talked to him that I've seen. And so just want to pray for him. Uh, he's 90. He'll be 91, I think, in November. Wow. Um, and so, you know, we just want to make sure that he's, uh, he's, he's doing well um, and just – Keep him lifted up. For the well, Lord. yes, all our thoughts and prayers uh, with uh, Coach Bowden during this time. It's a tricky, tricky time, man. And um, you know, um, not to not to hopefully say something deeply inappropriate here, but you know, it's those moments though that become a rallying cry. You know, uh, for teams as well. 
uh, when when somebody like a Coach Bowden who has given so much, not just the Florida State football, but just sports in general. I mean, way beyond just college sports. Just in general, college, uh, Coach Bobby Bowden has been a, a premier ambassador and, and an even better man for sports as a whole and just really for society as a whole, a great ambassador uh, for all things good in the world. And so our love and our thoughts and our prayers are definitely with Coach Bowden uh, as he uh, hopefully has a uh, hopefully a speedy recovery at age 90. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we uh, want to send that, send out love to he and his family. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about Wednesday. We should have some special guests uh, coming in with us. And so we'll get into that uh, on Wednesday, introduce a whole new group of people to you, to our listening audience and to our show. And so we're excited about that as well. Charlie It's always fun, man. Appreciate you so much. I just realized you are decked out head to toe in FSU gear. Oh yes, I love it. And even and even underneath. <laughs> hey man, I told you today no one is going to steal my joy. There you go. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, we're gonna let Charlie walk out the door with his joy and his happiness intact. You've been listening to Believe in the ACC. This is, uh, I am Lloyd Spitz, that's Charlie Ward, and we will see you live on the Noisemaker page on Wednesday, and then the podcast will be available to you on Thursday. Have a great, great evening. You have been listening to Believe in the ACC with Charlie Ward and Lloyd Spence. You can tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on the Believe Podcast Network, Spotify, iTunes and everywhere podcasts can be heard. You can also watch Charlie and Lloyd on Facebook on the Noisemakers page and on YouTube on the Noise Media YouTube channel. Please like, subscribe, and follow on all our platforms. And we will keep taking you inside the ACC. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.